MSBC here, and thank you for tuning into our show. The last iteration of MSBC Replay took you back through all that MSBC 2020 had to offer, but for round two, we're going to go back just a little bit further. This upcoming conference is the 10th anniversary of our founding, and because of that, we want to recap and reminisce on some of the most amazing speakers from the past nine years. So, each week, we'll bring you an in-depth interview from a speaker at each conference, starting at MSBC1 and working all the way up to today, learning about how the industry has grown and how they have personally evolved since we last heard from them. With that, I'll kick it over to Aaron, and I hope that you enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the MSBC Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Latham, and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Sandy Montag, CEO of the Montag Group. Thanks so much for hopping on today. Thanks, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. It's really appreciated. So you actually spoke at MSBC3 way back in 2014. In what ways have you seen the industry progress or change the most since then? And what's a new evolution in the sport industry that you're really looking forward to see pan out? Well, I think that um, being in the media business, I think we've seen really a proliferation of different networks and streaming platforms. You know, you had Amazon, which just came in to get the exclusive Thursday night rights starting uh, in 22, you know, you've seen Apple grow. Uh, so really the streaming networks, Peacock and NBC coming out of the Olympics that we just saw in Tokyo. So I think that's certainly one trend is where content is, what platforms content will be on. Second thing, obviously, in the last year or two is NIL and really revenue for u- universities in general. So I think it's it's exciting. Um you know, that that area for a company like ours, um, what does it mean for universities? What does it mean for college sports? So we've developed a business with Jim Delaney, the former commissioner of the Big Ten on uh, consulting and advising schools on revenue and and the different ways to look at it. So I I think really that in college sports, I think, Media in general, too. You know, you look at the the NFL's latest media deals, uh, which were ten year deals, which were done this year. They've doubled. You know, coming out of a pandemic, really, uh, it's amazing how strong the NFL remains. So, you know, th- that was interesting to me, uh, and and cl- clearly something. If you look back when I spoke there in fourteen, just how much that has grown uh, over those seven years. Yeah, I definitely think that the changes in digital media and streaming are going to be incredibly interesting to continue seeing progress moving forward. But really quick, I wanted to reel it back and ask you about the start of your career working at IMG with John Madden. You know, you spent about 31 years at IMG in numerous different positions. What were some major takeaways that you have, some skills, some traits that you've been able to implement in your career going forward at the Monta Group that have led to so much success? Well, probably one of the, I learned, a number of things coming out of Syracuse, jumping on the train with John, you know, first and most importantly was the power of relationships. You know, we, we traveled the country at a time when there were no cell phones. So just imagine going coast to coast on Amtrak for 72 hours without a cell phone. I think most people and certainly most students today would be pretty uncomfortable doing something like that. <laughs> so we were able to have conversations and go into small towns and meet people. And I think he taught me a lot that although the sports industry is large when it comes to 
dollars and when it comes to the impact on society, it's small really as a business. And any success that I've had in the business is really based on the power of relationships. So John taught me that at an early um, age. And you know, I also learned, I mean, we have a great country that most of us really fly over, but if you can drive the width of Nebraska, which takes eight hours, you know, you really get to see uh, a great part of our country. And, and to me, that, that really had you know, a big impact. Um, and it was, you know, it was great to see, you know, I was involved with John early in his career and how the growth of uh, his broadcasting career uh, and, you know, the video game, which, which actually comes out on Friday. This is the yes, it does. cover of, uh, of Madden, you have Brady and Mahomes. Um, and, and all that, you know, broadcasters were just starting to become rock stars and, and starting to become celebrities on their own. So, um, you know, learned a lot about the power of, of being on television. And, and what that can do to a celebrity. Um, but it was, look, it was something that, it was some of the greatest years of my life traveling on the train and then by bus, the first Madden cruiser. And it's clearly without that, I wouldn't be standing here today. It truly is incredible the journey that you've been on. You know, now it's been about seven years since you founded the Montauk Group. Is there anything that you learned from that journey that you have pushed on to to become a characteristic of everybody that you work with so that everyone on your team is kind of operating in the same way that has led to this long term success? I, I think it's really it's the power of uh, of the service industry. And as I said before, relationships. I mean, we. We have hundreds of great clients. And I think the culture that we have is that we're very hands-on. We are in constant contact with all of our clients, whether they're individual broadcasters, coaches, executives, athletes, uh, consulting clients. I mean, we're hands-on, we work for our clients. And I think we're, we're in the relationship business and, and uh, connecting the dots. So I, I think it's just, we have a, a culture here that I really think is conducive um, to working in sports uh, today. And I think, it, I think it's unique that we're the right size and we have 20 some odd employees, but we have the power and the reach of any of the large agencies by employee size. And I think that's something when I left IMG, that's something that I wanted to do really is just getting back to the roots of when IMG started um, and, and just really being all about our clients as, as our focus. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what our team has done here since we launched and, and we really have some, some great things uh, coming up. You all have done some truly incredible work, but I'm really curious to find out, you know, from an inside standpoint, how have you seen the company and the team change the most over time? I mean, especially in this last year, change has been accelerated so much due to the pandemic, but how have you seen everything grow and evolve over time from an internal standpoint? Well, internally, I think employers in general in the world, you have to reimagine what the workplace looks like. You know, I think, uh, we're on Zoom now. A year and a half ago, probably neither one of us was on Zoom before. Now we, we do video conferences and things like that, but I think 
you know, we're able to probably the days of, okay, I'm flying to Detroit for a meeting at Ford. I'll be back at the end of the day. You could probably do that now on Zoom. Right. So I, I think, you know, I think we've kind of, look, the pandemic has been terrible really for the whole world. The only positive thing it's done is I think is reimagine technology and the workforce in ways that we can be together and not be in the same room. Um, so you know, like any employee, we're, we're adapting to society. We're adapting to the wants and needs of our employees. And I think uh, you know, it's, it's really a changing workplace environment that, that's happened over the last year. Yeah, it's really been... Uh, you know, as a, someone who's, I, I've been a student through it. I was a freshman, you know, the year before COVID really hit. And then went into my sophomore year, you know, through COVID, I was at home doing classes on Zoom. And it really, uh, it, it really did transform just the way that we are able to connect with people in general. You know, we, I'm able to talk to you right now. This is something that right. regularly would right. never happen. But to me, you know, I, I still, I'm old school. I still believe that the power of human interaction um, is really the nature of what our business is. And I think absolutely. You know, I miss being in rooms with people. I miss being at games. You know, you miss that. If, if your entire school existence or work existence is remote or on Zoom, I just think we're missing out on so much. So I think it'll be, it'll be flexible and it'll be uh, adaptable over the next several years. But, you know, but clearly there, there have been changes, good and bad in, in the environment. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. The word that we've been floating around a lot is hybrid, which is actually the format of the conference this year, which basically, you know, we're just merging the best of the digital elements while not forgetting about the important positive aspects of in-person communication. And as we try and shift back to this, you know, quote unquote, new sense of normal, I think it's going to be a lot of this kind of hybrid activity of merging the best of both worlds together. Exactly. No, and, and look, it's something that um, you just, I mean, hybrid's probably a good, a good word for really, you know, it, it's, you just have to take the best of, of both environments really and kind of mesh them together. And I think, I think we're all, whether it's a university or whether it's a company, we're still learning. We're really still learning how that's going to look a year from now. Absolutely. And I know earlier this year, you at the Montauk Group were able to establish a partnership with Rock Nation, which is an incredibly impressive deal to pull off. Uh, so from a logistics standpoint, how was that able to come into fruition? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, Brett Yormark is president of the uh, of, of Rock Nation, you know, works for for Jay-Z. And I think he, we've known each other for a long time. He used to run the Nets and Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and I was on his advisory board. And he, uh, we have our own internal speakers bureau at the Montag Group. So um, Rock really was looking, well, how, especially during the pandemic, a lot of their musical acts were not on tour. So from a revenue generation standpoint, how can those artists give speeches? You know, it's it's obviously virtual during that time right. and you know we were so we were brainstorming on ways that that can happen and then he said look I could either start my own speakers bureau maybe partner with a company like yours and, and that's how the discussions uh started and, and and now you know we're exclusively 
representing Rock's client list as it relates to to speaking. And and we've had uh, good success so far. You know, it's it's just a different revenue stream for people that cannot be on stage. And I think they have a powerful message, whether it's motivational, whether it's about their career. Uh, so we, we found there to be really good demand for it. And, um, you know, so far it's been a really good partnership. Absolutely. And I know that Rock Nation has been a major player when it comes to social justice efforts and philanthropy work. So how, how important was that in solidifying this partnership? Well, it's important that our, our company cultures are similar, really, you know, from agency size. I mean, they're not huge. You know, they have some of the core, same core values that we have. Um, and, you know, as we had Zooms with our teams, we just realized that that this could easily fit. We really don't compete in, in, in many, in any lines of business. We're not in the musical business. So I, I think... Um, you know, it, it just really was a good marriage when it comes to uh, the speaking line of business. And, and it just uh, it, it really in partnerships like that. You really have to you really have to have the same culture and you have to be on the same wavelength as a, when it comes to expectations. And I think uh, we were aligned pretty strongly as it came to that. I'm definitely looking forward to all the great things that are going to come out of this partnership. And as I say that, we're reaching the end of our time for today's podcast. But before you go, I wanted to thank you again for coming on and ask you for one piece of advice you have for college students. That could be anything you did in college, something you wish you did more of. It could be outside of the university, just something you did on the side. Just any advice you have to give college students a leg up in the industry. Well, what I did, which, which I recommend to students, I mean, I, I looked at my four years at Syracuse as the beginning of my career. So I was always working. Started out in the dining hall, wrote for our school newspaper, the Daily Orange. And then I started doing stats work for the networks when they came up, when ESPN or CBS came up. For basketball, I was the talent stats person sitting next to the Mike Tarico's of the world giving them information and that helped propel my career. A, I formed relationships with network people while I was at school and B, it gave me a skill set when I got out that I, that I continued at CBS on the Madden Summerall crew. And because of that, I met John Madden. So but I, I recommend that students should have some fun. They should get a great education, but you also need to think out of the box and realize that you're in competition with the person sitting next to you in class. So what are you going to do during your four years at Michigan that's going to be better than the person sitting next to you? And I think by whether it's working for the athletic department, whether it's working for a network, whether it's writing, whether it's whatever it is, you should internships are really important and forming relationships and working during school are really important. So um, I did it early on. It was easier for me in the 80s to fall into the sports business. Today, there are over 700 schools where you can get a degree in sports management. Um, none of which, though, uh, is as good as Michigan's program or Syracuse, for that matter. But, you know, so that, that's really what I recommend. What I, I, I really can't look back and say I wish I did something different because it turned out pretty well. Um, you know, I, I probably 
maybe would have taken some classes in some other areas that, you know, that wasn't my focus. I mean, my interest and passion was in communications and journalism. Again, we didn't have sports management, so it was on the periphery. You know, probably we, you don't really have the opportunity while you're at school to take a class on some historical subject or American right. history right. or whatever it might. So I, I kind of wish I did. I did more of that to become more of a well-rounded student. Um, I made up for it by reading and learning about a lot of other things. But I think, you know, when you go to the University of Michigan, you're at a humongous advantage of, of all the different schools that they have, you know, whether it's the Ross School of Business, whether it's a great medical school, whatever, you, you just have, you have the resources there to do and learn a lot of things. And, you know, just hopefully people take advantage of that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was some fantastic advice for all of you listening at home. And on that note, Sandy, I want to thank you one more time so much for taking the time out of your day to speak on the podcast today. All right, Aaron, it's a pleasure being with you. Go blue. Go blue. And with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. We want to thank you so much for listening at home. And remember, tickets are on sale now for MSBC 10. That is both in person and online. You can get your tickets on the MSBC website today. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoyed. If you want to buy tickets or learn anything else about the conference, please visit www.umsbc.com. That is www.umsbc.com. Or you can follow at UMSBC on any social. We hope to see you there on November 5th. And as always, go blue.